Hey, good morning. Hey, if you're new, I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor here. Man, we're really glad you're here with us. You know, we got connections coming up in a couple weeks where you kind of learn about, I guess it's next Sunday, learn more about the church, that kind of thing. There's some things that you can learn in connections, some things you just have to, I just have to tell you. I can tell you right now, you know how some schools, you know, like, you know, like, say, you know, Alabama, you know, they're, they're a football school and Kentucky's a basketball school. You just need to know we're a basketball church. It's fine. So, so I, we're there, there last, I was at that game last night, and I don't have much of a, a voice left, so we'll just kind of see what happens here by, by the end of the service. I, sh- I should say this, you know, we're a pretty diverse group here. We've got, we got some Oklahoma State people here uh, in the church. Oh, okay, all right. Um, you, you guys, as a fan base, there were a lot of you guys at the game last night, a very respectful fan base. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I mean you, you go to someone else's house, to watch your team play, there's certain etiquette you need to have, and, and not all fan bases get that, but you guys, you guys were great. It was, it was not a good game, but Hogs won, but anyways, okay, so, oh yeah, church. Um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, we're doing this series called Move, and we're just talking a lot about spiritual growth, and I was thinking about us, right, and um, how often I feel like that we, we kind of come to church, you know, it's like I, I, I'm fond of Jesus and I, and I need a spiritual boost. And, you know, and I come here hoping maybe I'm just going to kind of learn one thing that I should be doing differently or something I can improve on. When really I think for most of us what we need are kind of like defining moments, kind of life-altering, mindset-shifting perspective-changing kind of moments. It's not that we're doing life the right way and we need to be tweaked. Sometimes I fear that for a lot of us, man, we're not even really sure, we're not even really clear about what life is supposed to be. And we don't need someone to kind of improve the thing that we're doing. We need to stop doing the thing we're doing. And live life a completely different way for a completely different purpose. And, and I've had several of these in my life, these kind of moments where it just kind of, it just kind of made sense. Sometimes they were instantaneous, sometimes they're kind of over short periods of time where I realized, man, what, what? I, I never got that before. And it just kind of shifts everything. And I, I think about one, I think about, I've actually been thinking about a lot of them. This week, one in particular, I was 12. I was 12, and, 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 and it was the middle of the night, and it was storming really bad, and, and I woke up scared, which is weird because I've never been scared of weather before, and I have not been scared of weather ever since. I mean, weather's not a big deal to me. I'll tell you the story. We're way off topic. It doesn't matter. Um, where he lived in Conway, this was a long time ago. I mean, this was whew, over 20 years ago. We were newly married, and, and it's the middle of the night, and the tornado sirens go, go off. And I don't hear them. You know why? Because I'm asleep. I'm asleep. And my wife wakes up because she, she's, a, she's a weather panicker. And um, she, she wakes me up. She's like, the sirens are going off. She's like, I don't care. I'm going to sleep. I go back to sleep. She shakes me again. No, you got to get up. We got to get to the hallway. I'm like, just go to sleep. It's not that big a deal. I fall back asleep. And so, I mean, I'm telling you, we're new. I mean, she was five foot nothing and maybe 90 pounds. And I'm telling you, with, with both hands, she grabs me, yanks me off the bed, and drags me into the hallway, right? Because the tornado sirens are going off. And I wake up the next morning. This is how bad, this is how close the tornado was to our house. There was, a, there was like a little municipal airport, like three blocks from where we lived. It took one of the little prop planes. 
And she would like to tell you it landed in our backyard, but she's exaggerating the story, which I judge because I never exaggerate a story for, for, for effect. <laughs> right? And uh, it, it didn't land in our backyard. It landed in the front yard of our backyard, of our backyard neighbors. So we, we share a backyard with these people. It landed in their front yard. And so she's like, see, that's why you need, we needed to get in the hallway. I'm like, two things. One, it didn't land on our house. And um, so I could have slept. And two, if it had landed on our house, I don't know what a difference the hallway would have made, right? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm scared. And I think for the first time in my life, 12 years old, I think, I think, I think death, I think I understood what death was. And I, and I got really scared. And, 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 you know, good church boy, I, I started praying and what God said to me is like, this is why I sent my son. So you don't have to be scared about death anymore. And in a new way, I think I really understood the gospel and what Jesus' death on the cross meant for me. And I fell immediately back asleep. And again, in the, in the, in the 30 plus years since then, that has been a life-altering um, moment for me. Um, I remember in college, as a freshman, I was in this Bible study, and um, I would have said up until that point that I was doing being a Christian the right way. I, I'd say this like a joke sometimes. It's kind of funny, I guess. But this is really, I, I thought I was being a Christian the right way. And it's like, and a Christian is someone who is fond of Jesus, comes to church, and avoids kind of the worst of the sins. Drinking and sex. If you don't drink alcohol, you don't have sex, and, and, and you go to church on Sunday, you're doing, being, you're being a Christian the right way. And so Jesus kind of wants to be this little part of your life, avoid these things, come to the meeting, and everything else is kind of up to you. And I remember this guy kind of sharing with me, and, 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 and he's like, you know, Jesus doesn't want to be a part of your life. He wants to be your life. He wants to direct your life. He's not just interested in kind of these couple of behaviors. He wants to change the whole course of what the purpose of your life is. And maybe, maybe in the 19 years before that, being at church all the times I did, maybe someone said that to me. But it wasn't until that kind of life-defining moment for me that it clicked. That it wasn't just I needed to be a better. That my whole perspective about my purpose in life was wrong. And God was wanting to completely reshape it. And so there's this verse in Ephesians that's been really important to me. It's a really powerful verse that I think that can kind of help us, man. As we're kind of just trying to figure out, man, it's not just do I need to get a little bit better, but am, am I doing life the right way? And it's in Ephesians, it's Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10, it starts with this. He says, for we are God's handiwork. Well, that for there is kind of like describing, well, this is kind of the reason why we just said the other thing. So Ephesians 2.8.9 is talking about the gospel. You know, Jesus came to give you life and he saved you, not based on anything that you've done. It was not, you, know, you worked hard, you were a good person, nothing like that. It was a complete free gift based on God's grace, something he just gave to you. He gave it to you. Why? 
Well, because you're His handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. And so what he's doing here is he's kind of telling you, I mean, God saved you and here's why. Here's your purpose now. Here's why, why he did this. He did this because he's basically created this path for you. He's created this path of good works. And he's kind of laid out the good works for you. And you're supposed to do them. You're supposed to walk through this path and do the good works that God has called you to do. He's prepared them in advance. Now you just have to do them. And so we need to understand, man, God created you with a purpose. He created you with a purpose. He saved you for a purpose. He is trying to direct your life. And what He has done before you is kind of laid out a path of good things that He's wanting you to do. And this just isn't simply like, you know, know, I'm going to have good character. I'm going to be a nice person. But there are people that He's wanting you to impact. There are causes that He's wanting you to champion. There There are people in physical need, in social need, who are in spiritual need that God is wanting you to bring hope and life and the gospel to. This is, and this is your purpose in life. And he's laid it out. And you just need to, to go down the path. And so if you're thinking, man, I, I'm trying to get down a path. You know it would be convenient if you had a wheel. Oh, oh it was so good. Could I almost have the timing. You had a wheel. Right? We'll, work on that. we'll work on that next service. If you had, if you had, if you had a wheel, right? And, and so this kind of this idea. So this is your life in motion going down the path. I'm being obedient. I'm being obedient to what God has called me to be. I have Christ at the center. And I have these different disciplines in my life to kind of keep my wheel growing and healthy and strong. And so now I'm moving down this path of obedience. Of being who God's called me to do. Directed in every area of my life by Jesus. And today we're going to talk about the word. But we need to make sure that deep in us, we are understanding that I'm not trying to ask you, I'm not asking you to do this thing that you're doing right now, but to do it a little bit better. What God is wanting to do is to completely restructure our life. And so we're talking about the Word today, talking about the Bible. You know, maybe you've been around church long enough, you've heard a couple of these talks. And you kind of know where this is going. Bah, 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 dip, dip, dip. You should read the Bible more. And you think, oh, okay, I got this all figured out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune out and kind of do my own thing. I've got I to gotta play Candy Crush. Well, Candy Crush? What year is this? I mean, um, but we're not talking about you need to read the Bible more. We're talking about that God has laid out a path for your life And I need to know what it is and how to do it. And I need to be inspired to spend time connecting with God through His Word so I can know what and how to do the life God has called me to. So in 2 Timothy um, 3, 16 and 17, we got this great passage. It's kind of the defining passage about the Bible and about God's Word. And sometimes I think, you know, we kind of give a talk like this, a sermon like this, you know, every couple of years or so. I was like, man, I should probably use one of the other ones. I, like, I just keep coming back to this one. This is the main one. I want, I want to keep talking about this until every one of us has these ideas just kind of locked in us. And so 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so I see Paul's talking about, you know, the Scriptures, the Bible that we have. He says, man, it is God-breathed. It comes from God, and it's useful. It's practical in its nature. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God can be equipped. Equipped for what? What does it say? The good work. Where did we just see that? We just saw the previous verse. I'm going to build a little bridge here. Right? It's two different, two different books, two different letters, same author. Ephesians 2.10, he says, The purpose of your life is to walk through the good works that God has laid out for you. And what does he say here about the Scripture? He says the Scripture is designed to equip you for those things. And so I tell you, and I give you this big thing, it's like, man, God has called you to this, to this life bigger than what you think, more than what you think, more than what you're living, more than what you're doing. And so many of us, if, if, if we really pay attention to that and we really believe that, you're going to have a little, little panic, a little anxiety is going to set in. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, man, I, I'm, not, I'm, not ready for, I'm not ready for something like that. I, I, I couldn't do something like that. And he's like, man, and you ask this question, man, how, how can I do that? How can I do it? Man, I'm, I'm, just, a, I'm just a person. I, I'm, just, I'm just a simple, I'm just, I'm just simple, just regular. Those are the kinds of things, that's what missionaries do and pastors and those kinds of people how, how can I do it? Well, the very simple three-year-old greenhouse kids class answer to this. The Bible prepares you for that. So what kind of what we do with this passage? We're going to work our way backwards. We're going to start backwards with this idea of quipping, kind of work our way to the, to the beginning of the passage. It says, this, is, this is what the Bible does. It says it thoroughly equips you. It prepares you. It gives you the tools. You think about being equipped... It's like I have a job to do and there are certain tools that I need and certain training that I need to be able to do this job. If I'm a plumber, I need to know how plumbing works and there are certain wrenches and tapes and pipes and things that I need to have to be able to do this job. So I'm going to have the knowledge and the tools that I need to do the thing that God's called me to do. So there's nothing that God will call you to that He will not equip you for if you will let Him. He will train you, give you the attitude and the skills and the tools that you need to do everything that He has called you to do. This is what the Bible does. And I love the way that He describes it there at the very end of verse 16. He says, the way that He does it is it's useful, it's, it's helpful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. If you're doing the Bible study, the Bible study book that we're doing in small groups, maybe you've already seen that, seen that idea, that concept of teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. But it's a great illustration, especially if we're talking about a path. He's like, man, there's a path in your life. And you're like, where's the path? What path? What is it? What am I supposed to do? Well, somebody needs to teach you what it is. That's what the Bible does. It teaches you. It tells you that the greatest thing that any person can do is love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's your purpose. I need to love God with everything that I am. Okay. But it also says the second one's really close behind it, that you need to love other people the way that you love yourself. Okay, great. So this is my path. My path is to love God, everything that I am, and to love other people the way I love me. That's great. That's my path. 
Well, then at, at the very end, as, as Jesus is leaving and talking to his followers, here's the, th- the big picture that you need to be about now that I'm leaving. You need to take the message I've given you and pass it on to other people. You need to go make disciples. Okay, okay, so I need to love God. I need to love people. I need to make disciples. Now I know, now I'm clear about what this path is in my life. I didn't know before. I thought my life was whatever I wanted it to be. Now I know. This is my path. Now I've been taught. But, you know, we can do this. And right now, at this moment, you can say, I'm clear. I'm clear about my, what my life is supposed to be. It's like, oh, wait, there's a squirrel over here. Or more likely, it's like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be. Well, that sin is quite attractive. And then there's something, in your, there's something over here. You know this is who you're supposed to be. But there's something shiny there's something enticing about this sin over here. And then what does it say that the Scripture does? It says it will rebuke you. So you're over here. Your path is supposed to be over here. It's like over here. It's like, nope, not that. Not that. That's wrong. Like, oh. And for some of us, we know that, and we just need to be reminded. For some of us, it's like, well, I, I didn't know that. Wait. That's wrong? I always thought that was Right. I didn't think you cared. What, 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 what difference is that? What, really? Sometimes we're going to get into God's Word and something that we thought was fine was, is, is wrong and, 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 and we're, we're going to learn something. I've been, I've been hurting myself by doing that. I've been damaging my wife by doing that. I've been, I've been, I've been disobedient to God by doing that. But then we hear that sometimes, and sometimes we just we think what rebuke means is now now I'm being shamed. Now it's just like punishment. It's like now I'm now I'm bad. And now I feel like, man, I don't I don't know what to do. I don't know. I know I'm supposed to do over here. What am I supposed to do? But it says it says like not only will it teach you or rebuke you, but it will correct you. It's like, hey, here's what you need to do to get back over here and and, and don't ever do that again. And you're like, and you get back over here, it's like, I was such an idiot. I can't believe that for any period of my life, I would ever do that. And God gives you, he tells you not only the thing is wrong, but gives you the power of the Spirit to get back. You're like, I don't ever have to do that again. I don't ever have to be that idiot doing that stupid thing anymore. Can we just be honest? Isn't it exhausting being an idiot? Who's with me? It's exhausting. I can't, I look back at these seasons of my life where I'm doing this thing and, it, and it, I thought it felt so good and it felt so right. And God's like, no, it's terrible. Get back over here. And I fight him the whole way. Just, no, no, it's just fun. It's like saying, get over here. God, who was that dummy? My wife hurts my feelings. So I'm going to get passive aggressive with her. Why? So I can teach her a lesson. It's not my fault we're having problems. It's her fault. And I'm going to show her by the way I talk and look and act. I'm going to make sure she knows it's her, not me. And I'm miserable. But it's for a good cause. (laughs) And God's like, why are you being such a I'm not the jerk. She's the jerk. Well, she might be a jerk, but you're definitely a jerk. Get back over here. Get back over here. 
God. And you look over at that and you think, man, it was a lot of work and it was exhausting. I don't ever want that again. Well, not only will it teach you the way, it'll rebuke you when you get off, get you back on. It says it will train you. It will give you the skills that you need so that we can avoid these kinds of cycles where we start chasing things that we know that we shouldn't and doing and becoming people that we know that we shouldn't. When our selfishness gets the best of us, when our anger gets the best of us, when our hurt gets the best of us, when our just desires start to control us and and, and we start to become self-focused, it can train us in the disciplines that we need to have and the more and more of God's word that we're getting into us the better prepared and trained we'll be to not have these kinds of these these distractions in our life and so man God's given us this great big purpose and then he's given us his word to prepare us in how to do it here's what you need to do not that come back stay here And I'm telling you, the people that I know, the people that I know who are, who just are walking that path, who just don't seem to get distracted the way so many of us do, who are consistently kind of walking with God, being the people that that God's called them to be. Man, it's these people who on a regular basis are allowing God's word to speak to them. They're not trying to figure it out on their own. They're not walking on their own. They're not coming up with their best ideas. It's not that they're super strong. It's that they are allowing God regularly to speak into their lives. You know, some people say, you know, that, and, and it's a terrible way to say it. You see the billboard or whatever. Life gets hard. Read the instructions. I mean, it, it's a tedious instruction book. I mean, there's no table of contents, right? It's way too many genealogies. And there's chapters, I mean, just pages and pages dedicated to how to know if a white spot on your arm is leprosy. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, but I'm telling you, not just because this verse says it, because of my life, because of the testimony of my life and because of the testimony of countless people, when we will allow God to speak to us through His Word, it will transform you. It will tell you what life is about. It will show you what life is about and will equip you to help you become and live the life that God has called you to. You know, some of us think, man, it's just a book. It's just a book. And there's lots of, lots of holy books out there, right? And, and we ask this, and this is a good question. This is a good question. How can, I, how can I trust the Bible? How can I really trust? I mean, it's just, it's just a book, right? And let's be honest. I mean, the, the, most, the most innovative new idea that this book had is almost 2,000 years old. Right? It come, I mean, the Bible hasn't said anything new in 2,000 years. And it's gotten to the point now, I mean, things that people were thinking and acting and talking about 10 years ago seems crazy outdated, right? Right? It's like, can you believe people did that 10 years ago? 
You look at these things like we, we accepted that. I mean, I ranted about this a couple weeks ago if you were here, about this, this atrocious way that, um, that, that, that men ha- are, have been and are treating women. I'll try not to get as angry about it right now because it's, just, it's like a little side note, right? It's just a side note. Right? It's just awful. It's, it's terrible. But there was a time, and it's really not that long ago. <laughs> boys will be boys. That's kind of how men are. We're just kind of wired that way. And people thought that and thought that was okay. And it's ridiculous. And, 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 and it's, amazing. it's great that this is getting called out and hopefully we can just get rid of this. But you know, you know, there's a place you could have gone to find out that that sort of behavior was unacceptable and it was the 2,000-year-old book. You don't know how a man's supposed to treat a woman? It's there. Who, who God has called us to be. I mean, the, I mean the, the way... I will just say it this way. How can I trust it? This. The Bible is from God. It doesn't matter that it's outdated. It doesn't matter that it's old. It's not outdated if the source of the Bible is God himself. If the source of the Bible is God himself and he is the creator of the universe and the creator of you and he says this is where power and life is, then that's where power and life is. And the way that he says it, I I like this, verse 16, the very beginning, all scripture is God-breathed. Depending on what translation you read on a regular basis, you may look to this and it says that all scripture is inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God. And that's not, I, don't, I don't like that. That's, that's not a, a literal translation of the word that Paul uses there. And I think it gets us off on the wrong path because we have, a def, we have definitions for inspire, but that's not what Paul's talking about here. Because there's a couple things we think. We think about somebody was inspired when they wrote something. Like, like I was thinking about God and God was awesome. And he just kind of inspired me. Oh man, I'm inspired. God is so great. I'm just going to write something because I'm inspired by how God is. Right? That's a good definition for inspired, but that's not what this means. The other kind of definition for inspired that we can use, kind of like a coach. Come on, buddy. You can write something about me and it's going to be great. You do it. I know you can. And he's kind of inspiring you to write. But that's not what this is talking about. What this is talking about is what Paul's put here is kind of a made-up compound word. Right? Like, I wonder who the first person was to kind of invent the word car wash. Man, we should invent some place where we can wash our cars. We'll have like hoses and the soap will come out and all these little things. And What should we call the place that we wash? Car wash! We'll just take the two words and put it together. No one ever had to define that word for anybody. First time you ever saw that word and you drive past it like, car wash? I wonder what you do there. <laughs> right? Car wash, right? So, same kind of deal here. He puts two words together. God breathed. God breathed. He puts these two words together, God-breathed. And so you think, I don't know what that word means. Well, you can imagine, you can imagine what that word means. Well, you know, I know who God is, I know what breath is. And so the, the idea is that the source, the source of this, it comes from God's very own soul. It is breathed out by Him. It's not about God. It's not inspired by God. It is the source of it comes from God. And the very breath that gave life to Adam 
is the source of life in these words that God will use to radically change your life if you'll let him. Now I know people have lots of questions about this and I've spent the last 20 plus years answering hundreds if not thousands of questions. How can you really trust the Bible? It's this many thousands of years old. It was put together like this and so many different people wrote it and it's errors and this and that and this and it says weird things here. And I've been answering these questions for years and I love to do it because my big picture goal for your life is that you'll be able to trust God's word enough where you'll let him speak into your life every day. So here's the deal that I'll make with you. Um, I've got a resource to recommend to you and only the most arrogant person in the world would, would recommend himself. So if you go to the Grove's YouTube page, there's a, there's a, there's a theology class that we've been doing uh, once a month called Cultivate. Session three is on the Bible. We spend a lot of time just going really in depth about how the Bible came, was put together, and we answer some questions. There's lots of cool things there. And so here's the deal I'll make with you. You watch that. And if you still have questions, you send them to me and I'll answer them for you. And um, I'll know if you've seen it because it tells you how many you know, views there have been on the video. So if the view count hasn't changed and you send me your questions, I'll be like, mm, watch it first. Because the question I've maybe answered in there already. But so I want you to be able to believe this. And so I, I want to end with this. It was kind of, there was kind of this life-defining moment for me. When I was, when it was that same freshman year, this guy told us, he gave us this little sheet, had 30 verses on it, said, for the next 30 days, I want you to read one of these verses and ask yourself, I want you to pray beforehand, read the verse, ask God, what different should, what should be different about your life based on this verse? And then pray about it. And he says, what will happen is God will radically change your life in a way you've, you've never seen before. It's called the 31 day experiment. So me and this friend, we did it. And it radically changed my life. For the first time ever in my life, I was really letting God just kind of speak powerfully to me. And over and over and over and over and over again. God is shaping my life. So now we live in a different technology age. And so here's the thing that I should tell you to do. Here's the experiment I want you to do. If you don't have the Bible app on your phone, you need to get the Bible app on your phone. If you have the Bible app on your phone so you can say that you have the Bible app on your phone and you don't really open the Bible app on your phone, I encourage you to open it. If you do open it, here's the thing I want you to do. That's plans. Did you know that? This is plans. Plans. And it has plans on just about any topic in the world that you can imagine, on any length of time that you can imagine, 30 days, 60 days, a few verses, whole chapters, read through the whole Bible. Pick one. Pick one. Some of them have little devotions attached to them. Pick one of those. And for the next 30 days, make a commitment to say, I'm going to give God the opportunity to speak into my life every day if he will. And I can say this with complete and total confidence. And if God does something, no, no, no. When God does something, when God radically changes your life, when you feel a new source of spark and life and energy and purpose and meaning in your life like you never have before, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come tell us about it. Send me an email. Put it on the Gross Facebook page. Put it on the comment for this video that we've got going right now about maybe one of the passages you've read or something that God's teaching you because we need to encourage each other with these stories.
Because there's two groups of people here that need to hear this today. There's people who have never done this before and you need to be inspired. And then there's the people who have done this before. But now they're just checking a box and forgetting about the power and the life that God will bring when we let him speak. So as we respond today through worship and we've got prayer team in the back and prayer candles communion the cross lots of different ways to respond let's focus on this let's encourage and pray that we will have both the courage and the discipline to let God speak to us each and every day for the next month let me pray for us God I thank you I thank you for everyone here. I thank you for the power of the gospel. I thank you for these defining moments that we have in our lives. And God, I pray that you wouldn't just tweak us today. But God, that you would radically change our perspective about what life is supposed to be, who we're supposed to be, and the power that your word can have in our lives. So God, I pray that we would, that we would have the courage and the discipline to do what we need to do to let you speak into our lives each and every day. And we thank you for your son, Jesus, who makes this possible. And it's in his name that we pray.